Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert. Your source for martial arts talk radio. You must have said something to me. I cannot understand the word you're saying. Uh, I need to hear. Can't hear you. Nope, not a word. Now you're really low.
Did you know I'm on the phone, right? So what, you're taking your turn at me? I'll need the key because I don't have one. I You you do have it. She gave it to you. Don't say no, she didn't because she did. I don't have it because she gave it to you. You were the only one who had it. That cheap-ass padlock. You were the only one who had it because she gave it to you. Well, I don't know what to tell you then because she gave it to you. And don't say she didn't. What are you guys talking about? I just came on. (laughs) Who are you talking to? Oh. Talking to Jenny. You know, we've got two callers. I don't know if they can hear you. <laughs> Great. Nobody's heard anybody argue with their wife. <laughs> okay. So hold on, folks, because we're just uh, trying to figure out how to go live on Facebook. Now, our phone lines don't open until 630. Uh, might even be later because we're getting a light start. So if you called in, that's awesome. Hang on, but we're not going to open the phone lines until after the first segment. So hang on. Right? So we've got people calling in from area code 412 and area code 304. We don't open our phone lines until 6.30. So let me repeat that. We don't open our, our phone lines until about 6.30, probably about 10 minutes from, from that, actually. So about 6.40 tonight because we're getting a late start because our Facebook feed is being wonky. So anyhow. So I'm guessing everyone can hear me now, but it's when I start to see that everything gets kind of kind of weird. So I'm going to go ahead and try this again. Let's see how it works. Um, I changed all the settings. Let me double check here. Uh, Outscaling. Okay. Output. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's okay. Start. So, you know, I just want to explain to everyone what's going on. Um, my, uh, uh, my coding software did an update, and uh, it's uh. It's Come on, what are you doing, man? Really loud. (laughs) My wife started in on me when she came downstairs about this is not feeling well. And you know how how, uh, people get sometimes when they don't feel well, they get real grumpy. You're there, I know. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, you're going in and out again. 
You're going in and out. I can't hear you. Uh-oh. I, I can hear you fine, but all of a sudden you're going out. I'm sorry, what? Nope. That is so weird because I can hear you perfect before you went out. Yeah, go figure. Anyway, we're back, folks. And uh, you know what the sound sounds like, Tom, if you're listening. Just keep in mind we don't open the phone lines until 30 exceptions. Sorry. <laughs> so, right. Um, but you know what's weird is that in the past, uh, you know, Bob can't hear me, but Facebook can. So I just didn't know from people if. Uh, so, anyhow, so stay tuned, folks, because um, when we get done with this section, uh, no health news at all. <laughs> um, um, but there will be weird news and entertainment news. We're going to talk about the evolution of martial arts. So stay tuned. Um, let's see, we got comments. Let's see who's who's commenting. We've got can't tell who's commenting at the moment. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> actually. We got Amy and John and Bruno and Tom and Bobby and Bill and Terry and Mohammed and Sister Marcy and stuff like that. So anyway, let me know in the comments if you can hear me okay. And if you can hear Bob okay. I don't know if Bob can hear me all. Can you hear me, Bob? I can hear you now. Okay, good. Good, good. Awesome. All right. Well, while we still have sound, let's go ahead and get started. So announcements, birthdays, or what's going on in your neck of the woods? Let's start with that. What's going on in your neck of the woods? He can't hear me, can he? Sorry, I muted myself for a second. Not much, you know, but we did have a very special night last night. Robert Parham got honored at the the Martial Arts History Museum, which was very cool. Very cool. Nice guy. We all love Robert. Uh, A couple things happened, though. One, he blew his transmission out on the way to the event. Oh, what? Are you serious? Yeah, about six miles from the uh, museum. He blew it out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, he lives like like seven hours away by car. Holy crap. All I thought was, thank God, it didn't happen on the way down. Wow. And he has kids with him. He's really bragging on his kids. He's real proud of his daughter. His daughter's 14, mm-hmm. and she's a junior in college. She's going to have her associate's Yeah, she's going to have her associate's degree before she gets her high school diploma. Wow. Is that weird? Wow. It's like, <laughs> so Robert shows up, and I was, Rusty, I was kidding. You know how I kid. I like to mess with people. He says, should I order pizza? And I said, Absolutely. Some of the bitch, we didn't get in my car to go to Little Caesars. 
<laughs> so he got four pizzas, breadsticks, and like four four of those two liter bottles of soda. Nice. <laughs> wow. It was a very intimate wow. gathering because you know he's, he's a very popular guy, but he doesn't have the following down here. A few of us showed up, but the good ones did. Glory Henry was there. James Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of his friends, his brothers showed up, his kids were there. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a good time. I really enjoyed honoring my dear friend. And nice. you know, I get up there. I was the first one up there, and I said, you know, Robert, what I learned from your slideshow, and he said, what's that? And I said, we don't have any pictures together. And he said, we'll <laughs> fix that tonight. And, we, and you yeah. saw the pictures we did. I saw. They were cool pictures. John John Lupo, after all that, I probably would want a pizza to myself <laughs> and a beer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and a, beer, a lot harder than stuff than that, man. So absolutely. What did, what, did, what did Robert do about his – he blew his transmission out. So, I mean, how did he, how did he get <laughs> – you know, I knew exactly where he blew it out. He said six miles, and, and for some reason I said it's on cold water and – Magnolia, it's right next to a Chevron station, right? He goes, no, that's uh-huh. where we pulled it into. And oh. it happens to be right next to a BMW mechanic. The bad part is it's on Saturday. Oh, 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 oh. Right? Oh. So now he's going right. to have to be here a couple of days. But good for him. His, his brother only lives an hour away. But he was staying down by LAX. What? <laughs> yeah. So his, so his brother had to, because he's already paid for the room. Because he took his kids to like Knott's Berry Farm and they had a great time down here for a couple of days. Right. And uh, then that happened. And wow. so now this is going to be a very expensive weekend if he has to rebuild his tranny. That's like $1,500. Yeah, that sucks. Sorry, Robert. Sorry to hear yeah. that. Oh my gosh. So I so just want to. It was a good time. We had, we, had, we had a great day. That's so cool. Those are some really cool pictures, too, with. And uh, and Gloria being there, and James there, and yep. uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Rick Johnson and Stephen Pollard just joined. What are you guys doing? Thanks for joining. Stay tuned, you guys, because we're going to be talking about the evolution of martial arts here in about, hopefully about 15, 20 minutes, uh, maybe less than that. Um, but our phone lines don't open until after our first segment, so we're running a little bit late due to technical software difficulties, damn software updates. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Um, but we're going to be talking about that. Now, we're not going to be talking about which is better, you know, and, and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to insult traditional martial arts. We're not going to insult anime. We really want to talk about what your guys' views are about the evolution of martial arts for the good, for the better, traditional martial arts and modern eclectic systems. Uh, we just want to talk about the evolution and also the evolutions of attitudes based around those, uh, those uh, subjects. But there's going to be no lambasting on other arts. If you're going to call in and be a jerk, I've got the God button right here and your call will end. So this is going to be a mature discussion uh, because Bob and I are just really, um, um, are really curious about what your guys' thoughts are about the evolution of martial arts, and we're it boggles our minds that people, you know, will you know learn this martial art or that martial art and then start insulting the other side because they theirs is better. You know what I mean? So we'll talk a little bit about that. So anyway, 
Um, and our phone number is 347-677-0699. We will let you know when we open the phone lines. But with that said, let's move on with our other announcements and birthdays. You want to go to birthdays there, Bob? Bob, what happened? <laughs> Where did Bob go? <laughs> did I lose Sorry, Bob? Sorry, muted. Uh, okay. <laughs> do you want to go to announcements first? Yeah, let's go to announcements. Yeah, let's go to announcements first. Well, we're gonna we're gonna beat this dead horse. Uh, Dragon Fest coming up in just over two months. Whee! Uh, the the list keeps growing. We've got 150 booths. We've got about 110 of them uh, taken. So we've got about 40 booths left. Uh, it's gonna be August 25th and 6th. Now, a a twist, a little twist got put on it last week. You know, it's $30 entrance fee on Saturday, $30 on Sunday. Now, $30, uh, the expo is on Saturday and the seminar is on Sunday. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, anybody 17 and under are is free. So you don't have to worry that, about bringing the family, not bringing the kids in, which is really that, cool. Badass. That's badass. I like that. <laughs> now, they're not allowed on Sunday, however. That is adult time. That's everybody over 18 is welcome to attend the seminars as well as the expo. Really Got cool it. thing is any current mil- active military with their military ID is free both days. Nice. Okay. Uh, he didn't say anything about retired, so don't quote me. So it's just, as far <laughs> as I know, it's strictly active military, not retirees, because then we may get bombarded with people with retired cards. Exactly. Uh, and that's going to happen at Pickwick Gardens uh, Banquet Center and Hotel, and, and uh, uh, Banquet Hall at uh, 1000 Riverside Drive in the city of Burbank. Now, if you want... Nice. Worried about family fine. They have a bowling alley, pool tables, arcade games, a restaurant, all on premises. And they have an ice skating rink, all on premises. Wow. So you want the kids to go have some fun? Let them loose. Let them have some fun as long as they're old enough to be unsupervised. <laughs> there you go. You know, I had to throw that CYA clause in there, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> it was okay. Our five-year-old just just went around and got lost. No, no. <laughs> Be responsible. Exactly. Cool. Very and cool. Those, that's my announcements. All right. Um, the only other announcement that I have is uh, the upcoming uh, Pacific Association of Women's Martial Camp. If you are a teen girl or a woman and uh, you're looking for, um, what should we say, interesting continuing education opportunities, uh, that is women-based organization was founded by and is made for women. Now, guys, don't shout. You know, it's a uh, uh, this was actually this actually started as just a bunch of gals getting together camping <laughs> and and uh, sharing martial arts and it turned into something big 
And so now we've got the Pacific Association of Women Martial Artists. Uh, their training camp this year, Palma Camp 2018, the theme is Hear Me Roar, as in like, you know, I am a woman, hear me roar, right? So this particular camp is going to be this August, this coming August, Thursday through Sunday, August 16th through August 19th, the YMCA Camp Loma Mar, and that's at 9900 Pescadero Creek Road in Loma Mar, California. Where is that, Bob? I don't know where that is. I have no idea. I've never heard of it. You know, all I know is it's probably near the Bay Area. I just don't know where it is. So somebody let me Yeah, because everything you guys have in California is all up north, isn't it? Well, yeah, the 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 majority of the I shouldn't say the majority of the participants, but a lot of the Palma stuff is a Bay Bay Area based. Um, but you know, so but we've been you know everywhere in California and Oregon and Washington. Um, now keep in mind, um, you know, if you're in that area, the Bay Area, or even you know LA, just drive drive some hours and get out there, fly, you know. Whatever, take a magic carpet. I don't care. This is a cool organization. Um, you don't have to worry about uh, uh, the testosterone level, so to speak. Because let's face it, no matter what seminar you go to, if you're a woman, you know there's testosterone, <laughs> and they may not they may not be competitive with you, but then they might be with other guys, and it's just kind of I just have to kind of laugh at it, you know. But anyway, the camp, the camp teachers this year are Professor Barbara Bones, uh, Kaji Kenbo, uh, Qigong Shaolin Kung Fu and Tai Chi with Sifu Del Dwyer, Taekwondo with Subumim Jen Berg and Kyobumim Sierra Hardin, uh, Tai Chi and Qigong with Shifu Sally Chang, um, more Tai Chi and Qigong with Shifu Robin Dahlberg, who, uh, who is a previous teacher there. Um and uh Kang Sing Sing teaching Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Shifu and Killeen will be teaching Arnis. Master Yin Pham will be teaching Chan Cha Yon Ru and Bo Fung Do. Sensei Nikki Smith will be teaching Judo and Contra Meta Tigresa will be teaching Capoeira and she did a rousing at last year's camp. It was amazing. And um uh, I got brought in, actually, at the last minute to teach uh, Pangamut in the Filipino martial arts. So it'll be fun. I'm going to be traveling down to the Bay Area in the middle of August. It's going to be a crazy month. It's going to be a crazy month. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Every weekend, I am out of town. I think I'm going to be spending an average of maybe, maybe seven days here in Seattle and the rest of the rest of the the rest of the month is going to be somewhere else. <laughs> Cuz nice. I got to yeah, it'll it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Anyhow, so uh that's it for my announcements. So let's move on to birthdays. Okay, birthdays. Today is my brother John's birthday. He lives just outside of Vegas about an hour. A nice. friend on Facebook and a competitive bodybuilder now. She's turning 30, Miss Anna Elizabeth Ramos. Uh, mm-hmm. On the 11th, there's a big supporter of the telethons we've done. Uh, great comedian, Mansi Mihar, Mira. Uh, her birthday is on the 11th. 
my my cousin out of the Twin Cities in Minnesota, Rita Reg- mm-hmm. regular Jesus Christ, regular <laughs> Kyle. Wow. On the twelfth, we have Kim Mara, the photographer that does all the Joycelyn Luz Luz photos. Stephanie Gerard's mother is also on the twelfth. Raquel Sanchez Madrid. Uh, nice. Would you believe Lisa Cameron's birthday is on the twelfth? She was my wife's maid of honor thirty-two years ago. Thirty-two years. Thirty-two yes. years. That that deserves a cheer. I just can't find my cheering. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here Bye. we go. There we go. <laughs> 32 years. That uh, was. And on the 16th, actor uh, from, uh, oh, he did a bunch of stuff. He's, he, he did uh, uh, the last movie that Bruce, Bruce Lee did that didn't fit, that he couldn't finish. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank right now. I don't know why. Uh, Game of Death, he was in Game of Death. I think he was in Black Belt Jones. Uh, Mel Novak, he's drawing another year older. And uh, uh, past past show guest is somebody you actually met up in Seattle, Ron Sarchian. He is his birthday is also on the sixteenth, and those are my birthdays for the week. Nice. I just got you on the thirteenth. Uh, my old high school chums, Jun Tay and Ron Tollison, uh, be having birthdays on the thirteenth. On the fourteenth, a uh, kendo friend of mine, Sensei Tom Bowling be having his birthday. Also on the 14th is uh, Andy Mason. And on the, do I have anyone for the 15th? Let me see here. We've got uh, Grandmaster Roland Dante, Roland Dantes. His birthday is on the 15th. Steve Morehouse, an old Kajukenvo classmate of mine, also on the 15th. Robert Champy, also on the 15th. And on the 16th, do I have anybody here. We've got uh, do, who do we got here? We've got Gina Kurtz Drago Tymon from uh, Fire Church. He's uh, one of the guys that uh, set me on fire uh, some years ago and a long time after that. And uh, it's also, it's also would have been Deborah Evans' birthday. Uh, she passed away uh, was it last year? Bob, I don't remember. I think so. She was an avid listener of the show. She was an avid listener, and uh, one of our, one of our, uh, not first listeners, but yeah, she was an avid listener. Was always listening every week. Um, I miss her. Uh, We've also got Michael Tinker Pierce, uh, a skilled knife and blade and sword uh, maker here in the. Pacific. Well, he was in the Pacific Northwest. I knew he moved, but I don't know where he moved to. But happy birthday, Tinker. That's what we called him. Daryl D'Ambrosio, um, one of my old, old, old classmates from Butokukan Karate, right. also on the 16th. And you, uh, you already mentioned Ron Sarchin. Well, with that said, everybody having a birthday uh, between the 10th and the 16th of this month. This tune is for you. Hey, we're here to party and sing to you. He's from me. Ho, 
um, stuff like that. You know, some people will just dig it up, exactly. you know, for some weird, weird thing. You know, and then there's necrophilia, you know, all that crazy crap. But anyhow. Exactly. So that guy's probably oh. going to go away. Yeah, so, <laughs> next, now we have entertainment news. Entertainment. You know how, yes, entertainment. You, you know how stories never lose, some stories never lose their momentum. Well, right. Roseanne, the racists, also will not lose momentum. So, oh, my God. It's a, yeah, still. It's ABC is still all in on moving forward with a second season Roseanne reboot. This one revolving around Sarah Gilbert's character, but there's a major issue to resolve ownership. Sources Hmm. close to the production company or close to production tell TMZ because Roseanne Barr created the show with the with the original executive producer, she has a financial stake in it and its characters. It's unclear which specific ones she created. But hmm. we're told the network is doing its due diligence to avoid a lawsuit. It's very possible we're told that Roseanne could put her foot down and say there will be no revamping reboot unless she gets a piece of the pie. However... If she's making dough off the new version, it defeats the purpose of canceling the show after her racist comment. TMZ broke the story. ABC execs kicked negotiations into high gear earlier this week in hopes of announcing the new show, ASAP. But now we know there's more work to do. You know, with that said, it was really funny. This week, uh, Jim Parsons which is Sheldon on uh, uh, Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. the girl who plays Jackie, on, or who plays his mother on Big Bang Theory, played Roseanne's sister on the oh. original and on the reboot. And he said this week that they were going to make a show based on her character. And maybe originally they were, and they changed their mind. Wow. So I don't think they know what they're doing. What was really fascinating was how how fast they worked. I mean, I watched the old Roseanne reruns on a on a cable station called Laugh. Uh huh. Those reruns were pulled off the air the next day. Wow. Yeah, they pulled the reruns. They pulled they pulled everything, and it was so instantaneous. So insane I didn't even notice for like two days. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and take a quick And when we come back, we're going to open our phone lines and let's talk about the evolution of martial arts. We want to know what your thoughts are about the evolution of martial arts. So, uh, what your theories are or theories um, and uh, thoughts are on the evolution of martial arts. This is this is not going to be a, you know, MMA is better or traditional is better. It's not going to be you know anything like that where we're in some other arts because we we know we'll get into martial arts for 
reasons. Why does it all have to be ass-kicking, you know? Uh, but well, let's talk about that. And I just want to warn people, if people are calling in just to talk crap about other artists or uh, people in, uh, other people from arts in general, I will hit that hang-up button so quick and you won't know what's going on. <laughs> um, feel free to call in. Let's talk, let's talk about the evolution of martial arts. So, um, hang on, folks, and we'll be right back in about four minutes. Four minutes. High school is a time for figuring things out, like finding the square root of X when your ex won't stop texting you, or how to write an essay on 12th night the night before it's due. It's about making friends and making memories. It's about deciding where you fit, where you stand, and what you simply won't stand for. Long after class is dismissed, after you've left the hall, and moved on with life after you've forgotten all the answers to all the tests. You'll remember the day you figured out the kind of person you were going to be. Stand up for someone being bullied, and they'll never forget you. Stand up to bullying. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peek says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial arts. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com 
or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Okie dokie, and we are back. Hey, Rusty, I I have a story to share with you since it'll be a segue sort of into our next, into our our big story. You know, I'm an Uber and a Lyft driver, right? So I picked up the ultimate girl doing the walk of shame this morning. Uh Uh-oh. Have you ever, have you ever, (laughs) yes, I swear to God. And I knew it the second I saw her. Have you ever walked outside with a hangover and you're just shading your eyes? Yes. She was doing that, but to an extreme. And she gets in and I said, how are you? And she goes, I'm extremely hungover and I'm doing the walk of shame. I said, oh, you got drunk and got horny last night, huh? And she said, yes. She, she took an Uber in a drunken state to an ex-boyfriend's house that she broke up with two and a half months ago to have sex. Oh my God! And, you know, what is it with and, <laughs> Oh, you cannot! Don't even blame him. Do not even blame him this time. No, this girl is so. stunning. I'm blaming her. Oh. I'm blaming her. This oh. is about drunk, drunk you know. This, like, this, this was alcohol induced. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, and, th- and if she would have drunk dialed him, they would have had phone sex. Absolutely. So she, she did the walk of shame, and <laughs> yes, and it was funny because I said, "At least you're owning it." Because most women, if they're doing the walk of shame, they think I'm stupid, and I don't know. She says, "Why would I think you're stupid? It's seven in the morning. I look like I'm going to a club. Of course, I'm doing the walk of shame." <laughs> where did she, so that was the beginning? Well, that wasn't the beginning. Ah, okay. You picked her up from her ex's place? Is that what went on? Yes, yes. And she had, because she didn't take a wallet, she had no ID, no nothing. You know how women, if they don't don't take it, they may stuff it down their cleavage. Well, in in the speed of getting her clothes off, I guess her keys and her money and her ID and her credit cards all flipped out, and she didn't think about looking for them. And I even told her, I said, you do, you do realize I'm going to make fun of you the whole ride. She, she said, go for it. I deserve it. <laughs> you're going to make fun of her on, you know, national radio, I guess. <laughs> I know. I, well, no, worldwide radio. <laughs> you know, the Russ Ebert writes in, Russ Ebert writes in, and he writes, God puts your ex back into your life to test you. So that way he can see if you're still stupid. <laughs> Good job, Rob. Yes, you're absolutely right. And she passed the stupidity test. We realized she's as stupid as she was two months ago. <laughs> Rob, right, get him shut up. Jenny says, wait, So, and what? that brings us into the subject. Oh, yeah. go ahead. What? Well, Jenny goes, Jenny says, wait, what? I went to go get dumped and came back to cleavage? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that hasn't happened to me in years, Jamie. <laughs> what? Getting dumpling? <laughs> no. 
kidding. <laughs> getting dumplings and coming back to cleavage. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it becomes a it becomes a segue into our subject because I'm not getting the, right. I'm not getting. I know you're not getting the correlation. You will. So the reason we became we came up with this subject that I texted you about yesterday is I was on an Uber pickup or a Lyft pickup, whatever I was on. And this guy saw my headrest covers and said, Martial Arts History Museum. And, he, and this guy's a historian. He loves history. So he said he read this article about China reevaluating their heritage. Now, you and I discussed this. If somebody says a blanket statement like that, they're an idiot. It's a Western, it's possibly a Western thing. Because they're not reevaluating their heritage. They may, start, they may reevaluate their martial way. Or something right. of that nature. Uh, and But he read this article that says uh, this uh, Kung Fu practitioner from China came over here to fight MMA, but had no MMA experience, no Thai boxing, no Brazilian jiu-jitsu, traditional jiu-jitsu, no ground game at all. He came over here to fight. He got his butt kicked all over the place. So being that he got his butt kicked so bad, he decided to study. When he studied and when he was done with his practicing, he went back to China and started challenging masters, Kung, uh, honest to God, Kung Fu masters, and he was kicking the crap out of these, out of these masters and shifus. Uh, so he was saying that he was bad-mouthing their arts now. Uh-huh. And he was looking at the flaws that are positive. Now, this guy had an interesting outlook being a westerner but also being a historian per se Uh he was telling me that china had been closed off for so long to some general you know it's not even i'm not going to communism that sort of thing but closed off and in their own little world that maybe because you know most chinese arts not all most chinese arts have no ground game most, uh, a lot right. of, most of them don't. But, you know, there are some that do. There are some that right. do. But they realized that, you know, he, or he was talking to me and saying, maybe because they were so closed off for so many years, evolved like everybody else. And he right. was the first Westerner that I have ever heard that doesn't practice, but he's interested in the history, ever say Bruce Lee was the first MMA guy. Right. And which I was like blown away by that. So that's where it started. And that's where I'm like, oh, my God. And I said, I said, my, my buddy, my partner and I have uh, uh, a podcast. We do every Sunday. She's in Seattle. I'm down here. I said, I think I found our, our next subject. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, here we are. Good, and it's a good subject because, you know, the the evolution of, of martial arts is something that not very many uh, people like on shows talk about. I mean, all, all you hear on social media nowadays is, you know, traditional martial arts suck. If you're not studying MMA, if you don't have a ground game, you know, you're useless. It's useless. You're weak. You're a pussy. You know, and on the other side, you've got people that um, on the traditional side, not all, but you got some people on the traditional sides that will blame MMA players for not having any respect at all. Besides, I've met traditionalists that have no respect at all 
and I've had I've had I've met MMA people that have no respect at all. Um, so I, I you know it just blows my mind to see the you know the divisiveness there, um, the elitism. I, I guess I should say. Right. Um, right. Rex, Rex says it's hard to keep communism out of it because, and it is because a lot of what we now know as kung fu is a result of the cultural revolution at that time. Um, you know, and that was how many years that martial arts had to go underground under, you know, while my Mao Zedong was in power. Um, and then, you know, when these masters come out of jail or they come out of hiding or what have you and begin teaching again, that's however many years of, um, of no evolving the fighting side of it because during that time you had wushu performance. So now it comes back and then what? You know, 20, you know, what, 20 years behind? You know? So, um, but that that's pretty cool that some that's, that somebody that had no martial arts experience uh, was talking oh, about I thought this. I thought it was great. Now, Ross, Ross the, the reason I mentioned not mentioning communism is because I didn't want to get caught up in the political realm. And you're right. Communism has to be part of it because they have, that's part, that's their culture. I just didn't want to get caught up in, in bashing that that's all. And I'm not going to do that. And no, you know, I mean, communism itself, you know, I'm not going to bash it. I mean, you know, for the, for the Chinese at that time, it was something that worked for them. You know, it's not, something that you know a lot of people would think uh, it's not something that many of us think would work here because probably won't at all but um but anyway so the history the involvement of you know some of the martial arts is due to the cultural revolution during that time um so yeah there you go now um so, uh, if you want to call in, we invite people from traditional martial arts, eclectic martial arts, self-defense only martial arts, um, uh, sport martial arts, MMA, kendo, judo, uh, muay thai, that kind of thing. Um, uh, from all from all pra- uh, practices, you know, feel free to give a call and give us your thoughts. Why do you think the martial arts evolved, and what uh, what are your thoughts on some things that uh, that um, played into how martial arts have evolved. Now, keep in mind that martial arts has seen, you know, a big renaissance here in the United States. Um, you know, I don't know if we can say the same thing happens in other countries. So, so let's uh, let's kind of get your, your take on the involvement of uh, the martial arts. Now, oh, I, uh, oh go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, the other day I was talking to to someone, and not necessarily the evolving of martial arts, but uh, why is there traditional arts still practiced? And you know, in in today's world where MMA is, uh, is practiced, you know, and I said, well, you know, people join the martial arts for different things. You know, I joined initially karate because you know I wanted to you know learn how to kick butt. <laughs> Right. Everything culture and language. You know, I wanted that. Wanted to what you know, in Japan or in China. 
um, that kind of thing. So, um, but, you know, that, that well, doesn't mean that you I you said, Rusty, though, uh, you, you said, you know, communism works for them. But as you said that, remember that their traditional martial arts was pitted against other traditional martial artists for thousands of years. Exactly. That exactly. is what's worked for them for thousands of years. Uh, their evolution was a little bit in the past where they were watching the praying mantis work. That's how they came up with Northern Star. They came up with Monkey Kung Fu. That was their renaissance. We've had probably the biggest renaissance period in our in the, the West Coast, or not the West Coast, but Western martial arts of today with the, with the induction of MMA. MMA now has... Is sort of like the Taekwondo of the 70s, where there was a Taekwondo school on every corner. Yeah, there was a Taekwondo school, and then in the 80s, it was ninjutsu. What was it in the 90s? There was something... I don't remember what I don't was going remember on. in the 90s. No. I, I, but I, I look at the 90s as being the, the decade for um, all the martial arts movies. So Steven Seagal put out a lot of his movies uh, out there, you know, and... Uh, then you had, um, uh, oh my God, his name is escaping me. No, Jeff Speakman. Jeff Speakman's perfect, uh, perfect weapon was a hit. I, I love that right. show. Speaking of Tony, Tony Collins, our resident Kempo Grandmaster listener, is uh, is uh, with us right now. Um, I was going to say something. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Something about, I'm trying to bring Kaji Kenbo into this. But anyway, the person we're talking to, getting back to the story, um, I said people get into mm-hmm. martial arts for different reasons. Um, but there has to be a point, this is what I told her, there has to be a point where something's got to give and, and rules kind of have to be broken because that's how styles get created. Otherwise, there don't be one style of karate, right? Um, uh-huh. And uh, I told them about you know, how I started studying Kajitembo, which is touted as America's first original mixed art, um, like 20-something years before Jeet Kune Do came into play. Now, I'm not saying that Kajitembo is better than Jeet Kune Do. That's not it at all. But some, at that point, something had to give, right? Because, you know, it was after the war, and uh, a lot of people were just beating the crap out of people for no reason. I mean, you know... The where Kajikembo originated was in a place called the Palama Settlement. Basically, it's like saying the projects, pretty much. Right? And people getting in fights all the time. Uh, a lot of racial strife, a lot of racial tension going on during that time. Um, so in order to protect themselves, five martial artists got together and just, you know, pretty much absorbed what was useful and discarded what was useless. Pretty much, and created Kajukenbo, and it worked. Um, and it def- and and it helped defend them against violent street attacks, not traditional attacks, but violent street attacks. And uh, and it and it just grew up from there. You know, several uh, several branch styles came out of it. Um, several well-known martial artists came out of it. Um, uh, Russ Ebert, Hawaiian. It's a Hawaiian innovation that was led by poverty. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, and then, of course, you know, Bruce Lee comes along and, and starts the Kung Fu Revolution, where you know, all his movies were hits and everyone wanted to learn Kung Fu. And you saw it in the comic books, 
right? Kung Fu. And, you know, you, you would have to fill out a little coupon thing and send it in. You'd get a book on Kung Fu. Do you remember that, folks? Or is that just me and Bob? Do you remember that, Bob? Say yes. <laughs> um, Jenny goes, I know death in one ear and can't hear but the out the other, but your volume seems low and I am maxed out on mine. Okay, let me try this. And that's funny. You're fine on my side, except you keep breaking out every uh, breaking up every now and then. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna turn the gain up on my um on my mic and see if that helps. So, Janie, does that help a little bit? I hope so. I hope so. Now, why you're doing that? I want to remind we we do have a caller on the line, but we're not gonna pick up the phone unless he dial unless he presses one. Then we know right. he wants to talk to us. You notice how I almost said dialed. Holy crap. Yeah. Styles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so and he pressed one. Oh, good. But I just want to, before we get to that line, I just want to remind oh, yeah. people that if you call, please make sure you press one. It says so, uh, the little robot voice tells you press one, you to be connected to the show or something like that. I forgot what it says. But please press one. Otherwise, we're going to just think you're hanging out and listening while you drive road or something like that. So. All right, so let's take this call. Area code five six two. Area code five six two. You're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? Hey guys, Terry Lopez from uh, North Coast, California. North hey, Coast, Terry, Taekwondo. How are you? <laughs> hey Terry, doing good. Um, mine's more of a props towards the movement. Um, you guys are probably familiar with this. I've only been around for six years, but um, there's a guy that just got a. a an award over there at the museum, uh, Chris Pelletieri. He's a karate guy out yeah. of Upland, California. And right. uh, Chris Chris was at a, a schooling show that my son and I was at, Landon's 12, and mm. he does taekwondo. He does uh, two styles of karate. He does uh, uh, a few of schools, and he does all-American karate. And Chris was at the all-American tournament today, and it was a schooling show. And it's not just a schooling show for uh, the kids. It's also the new black belt learning to be judges and, and things like that. And they're on the mm-hmm. soft side. Nothing wrong with that. It's soft side sparring. And uh, my son got called for excessive uh, excessive power to his kick. And Chris kind of – we kind of know each other. I don't go to the school, but we kind of know each other in the passing. And he kind of looked at me, kind of gave me the wink that it was okay, but they're learning kind of thing, you know, Dad, take it easy, you know. But I wasn't getting crazy or anything. And mm-hmm. afterwards, it was all done and over with. Or in the middle of the match, he actually wasn't one of the referees of the judge, but he was the overseer being the high belt of the tournament. He stepped in mm-hmm. and said, look, guys, if you guys are going to call people for excessive power, then you got to acknowledge controlled movement. Exactly. So if he punches yeah. to the side of the head, and he's two inches away, you have to call that point two because it's right. not fair. Because, you know, back in the old days, like you said, you, you, you didn't get excessive power until somebody bled. Okay? We're yeah. far from that anymore. You bleed now, you don't come to the tournament ever again. But right. the good thing is, is now that they developed it to where it's soft and you can perform your art, your skills, whatever you want to call it, and, 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 and be safe about it. And right. you don't scare the parents off to pull their kids out, or the kid never wants to do it again. I get the current beat out of me, 
you know, and they're crying and they don't want to do this. So now you've got a lot of kids wanting to do this, and it's good. So I, I believe the excessiveness. But in the same token, you've got to give – you got to give acknowledgement to the control, you know. So if they are an inch away from the face, call the point. So that was a learning experience, a learning curve, which I understood as an adult. But a 12-year-old is like, Dad, what the heck? And, you know, he's ready to cry and he's all upset. The cool thing mm-hmm. was this is where I'm seeing the development of martial arts. I was always told, you do not talk to a grandmaster. You do not talk to a uh, sensei unless they approach you. Chris is more on the thing is like he did come to me, but he did he but he allowed my ex to come into the picture and talk to him too. You know, it was it was more of an open floor to where we can express our concerns, which weren't that bad. It's just trying to understand what was going on. And right. it was really nice that a person like that has developed because when I started six years ago, you didn't go to our Taekwondo master and say anything. You weren't allowed to talk to us, you know. And the develop now is like they're a little bit more open to to teach the parent, not just the child also. And remember, the parents put right. a bill here, you know. And I, I really no. loved I, oh, yeah. I really loved the fact that he did that. And he, 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 he broke, let's say, the protocol and, and kind of yeah. opened up to us. And then, believe it or not, after I explained it to my son, he walked by and passing. He goes, son, he goes, the greatest thing you did today was listen to the instructions and follow them to the T, but still got penalized for it. And he goes, that's a winner right there. Oh, my God. I wanted to tear up, man. I mean, that is just awesome. That's awesome. When you guys started this? I know you guys have been doing this for years. Was it that way for you guys? Oh, you don't talk to your masters. You know, it was like, you know, taboo, you know. So, you know, I've always wondered, you know, where that rule came from that you, oh, you don't talk to the grandmaster. That's, you know, (laughs) better better have some incense and offering if you're going to talk to the grandmaster. You know, I mean. (laughs) So you've heard heard that. So it's not just us. It's not just the Taekwondo world, right? It's, It's. yeah, it's the kung fu yeah. world. It's all the world, you know. Okay, yeah. so see that's that's what I was curious about, and that's why I called in. I mean, I listened to your guys' show probably thirty times since last year when I kind of met you guys at the museum and right. stuff, and Randy Helsley. But the thing is, is you know, because he's he's our instructor, and the thing is, right. is like he's the same way. You know, you know, come to the master, you don't talk, you know, and it's like. It, it's changed. It's getting a little softer. It's getting a little more user friendly than it used to be, and I love mm-hmm. that fact. You know, yeah. Because how, how do you not learn if you don't ask questions? Exactly. I, I you know, I, I, I I'm pretty sure that Bob um, kind of joins me on this one. But you know, when I was coming up, um, the the general consensus in traditional martial arts or martial arts at the time, because there was no MMA was that you never right. questioned the instructor, right? You just, you know, learned what they had to say. You didn't raise your hand and go, why, why, why? Um, and it was just an unwritten rule. You know, back then, you know, when I was younger, I assumed that the teacher knew what they were doing. I trusted that they knew what they were doing, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then it was the same throughout the 90s pretty much, Um and uh, and then when MMA took 
took off. Oh, my God. You know, I, I just thought that was the neatest thing since life spread. But I also noticed, and I don't know about you, Bob, I also noticed that the, the, the attitude of questioning instructors um, became a little more prevalent. Not, not that they were being disrespectful, but asking why. Why challenging. do it that? You know, not challenging, just asking. You know, just different. asking, not challenging, not challenging. Now, yeah. have there been people that challenged their instructors? Yeah. <laughs> and it makes yeah. for great entertainment. Uh, it don't turn out well. <laughs> yeah, it makes for great entertainment on YouTube. Um, but, you know, but I look at that as an evolvement, too. And, and when people start questions, they start, like, seeking out. Um, mm-hmm. Arts that really fit them, as opposed to going, oh, okay, here I'm at this karate school, I'm just gonna stick with this because you know now asking out martial arts that look for that passion instead of you know with some people kind of you're back to breaking up really bad. So, yeah. He's sort of breaking up too for a second, but um, Ethan and he writes there is a theory and a blend that culture takes for so. Yeah, you know, you guys you guys know Brad Shrek. He's been down there at the museum at the telephones uh several times with our kids. Uh, he's he's our fourth degree uh person and he's the same way, you know, it's like when the old Korean um Taekwondo came and he was eight years old, you didn't understand what they were saying. You just kinda did it and you just didn't question it. You know? Right. And he's the first one that will come and talk to you and explain to you, you know, he's like, Man, I wish I had this kind of uh communication with my master back in the day. Nothing wrong with what it was. It was what it was. But right. you know, he's even complimented after I think he's what, twenty eight years into it and Reserve in the Olympics and all that. You know, the guy's been all right. over the place. You know, Power Ranger. You know, he's done it all. And that's just amazing for me that that guy is not the same guy that he got it from. You know, he's put his little twist on it. And it's real nice, man. It's a really it's, – it's a pleasure dealing with these newer uh, – the newer mentality. And that's Like I said, I don't really know the old as much, but the new is, is really cool. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting, Rusty, that he brings that up. You know, you and I have talked about evolution in the past, but we never, and we've talked about manners, but have never put the two and two together that the evolution of coming up where you don't talk to anybody, you do what you're told to expressing yourself and asking questions, that's also part of the evolutionary process as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I was like, man, that's huge. Yeah, without yeah, without sense of without that sense of curiosity, you know, I really don't think that uh, we would be where we are now. I mean, look at uh, you know Bruce Lee's judo. Let's look at uh, uh, Kembo, You know, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know Kathy Long's listening, and that reminds me. Let's look at Kung Fu Sansu. I mean, that's 
that doesn't look anything like traditional kung fu. I mean, that is rock'em sock'em robots going on right there <laughs> when, yeah. when they beat people up. Um, no, uh, God, Godfried Roser um, wrote in, and he writes, I think our students deserve an explanation of what we're doing, the whys and the hows and where it's going and stuff like that. I agree. You know, you know, in the day, you know, my, my initial sensei was not never like this, but you know, back day there were teachers that would be, no, you can't do that. That's, that's green belt material. Uh, just don't ask, just do, you know, stuff like that. And for the most part, we never questioned it back then. And, um, you know, now we do. And is it a good thing or a bad thing? It depends on uh, the situation. I think it's a good thing. Well, well I do too, Russ, because... Oh, go, go ahead, Russ. It, 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 it's also um, for the instructor. You know, if your instructor, if your instructor doesn't like it, don't push the envelope, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just one of those things. And some of them can't... Some of them don't evolve into this conversation, like I'm saying. I'm not like again. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just it's kind of nice when they kind of do, because yeah. I mean there's moves and katas that people are like, uh, I'm not sure what that move is. Well, you can't ask. <laughs> so it's like yeah. you yeah. throw your arm up and it's like, what am I doing? You know, the ice cream scoop. I know you guys have heard that term. You know, I finally found out from a grandmaster that's actually a flipping move. You know, but you scoop your arm like an ice cream group. Well, you're grabbing a leg or you – but nobody – it was like you don't ask. <laughs> so that's right. And, and, and now I got the answer, you know. That's right. And, Terry, my point was that I was about to bring up was how can you learn true bunkai without asking the questions? Because you're right. There are a lot of shadow or hidden techniques within a form. If you don't ask – You'll never know what the application is. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's right. And then the, the art will die because some masters all being secretive about the bunkai and you know what the you know techniques are because well they're the master and you're the student and you're not supposed to ask. So you know then that master croaks and no one knows. <laughs> no one asks. You know, <laughs> art has died. You know, with the internet. Um. Now, Mikaela uh, Armstrong. Hi, hi, Mikaela. How you doing? Right. Do we have Bruce Lee to thank for that? He openly questioned tradition at a time where, when it was taboo to do so. And, you know, I think so. I think so. And we yeah. also have our, our, you know, our Kajimbo, uh, you know, uncles to thank for that also, because they went, ah, fuck it. Let's just put this stuff together, and if it works, works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm pretty damn sure it's going to work. And you know, I'm pretty sure they caught crap. What's this newfangled style? It's, what is it? Is it karate? You know, is it kung fu? Well, if it's not, you know, if it's not one of either of those, then you got a bullshit art. You know, it it, it happened back then. I'm pretty sure it happened. Right. Um, you know, way back in the day when uh, when judo was uh, was formulated. I mean. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure not all not all Japanese instructors back then were all that you know happy or you know uh, supportive of uh, judo when it, when Jigoro Kano came out with it. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know the history behind it, but you know, with every improvement or evolution of something, there's always going to be people that question it at first. 
you know, and then boom, and then it takes off, right? Because, <laughs> because it's the new, right. new, new, newest thing. Uh, Gottfried also writes that the oh. 70s and the 80s were really rough. No questions, just do it. No excuses, just adults. Questions must be asked and answered without anger. So, uh, that's true, Gottfried. Thank you for for adding that. Um or, you know, uh, would you guys agree that the, that there that there's a way to ask as opposed to just being a jerk about it? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You, know, you, brought up, you brought up Bruce Lee, and I was at a Tung Soo Do seminar in San Bernardino a couple weeks back with my son, and uh, Master Wong was there, and he had some of his students doing, and they were quoting stuff from Bruce Lee, which was really cool mm-hmm. to hear. Um, you know, because being his friend and all in training with him and stuff, that's neat. And one of the things the guy said, and it cracked me up, and I never questioned it. I wanted to, but he said, Bruce Lee said, can you really block a punch? You know, are you really reactive fast enough to block a punch? And I'm I'm a bouncer. I do security. And it, you get hit. <laughs> I don't care how much right. you train. You're, you're going to get hit. So, Maybe you might block or move or, or something on some punches. But then the next thing he said was, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to block a punch, kick, kick, punch. And I'm like, you just said you can't block the punch. But in, in my mentality, <laughs> I was sitting there going, what? You know, and I wanted to question it, but I kept my mouth shut out of respect. I never even brought it up. This is the first time I really talked about it. And But it's one of those things that you you, you got to read you got to read the book and then figure it out what works for you because not everybody reads the same thing. Not everybody gets – that's why we have book clubs or what is that, where they sit around and they debate about what the book's saying, you know? Right. So that, that's another part of the evolution is, is, you know, you can hear things, you can hear how it's evolved, and you can question it to yourself, but maybe there's not a time and a place to question it it's uh, intense, you know, especially right. not at seminar. <laughs> right, exactly. So, Bob, let's go ahead and take uh, take another line here. <clears throat> so, let's see. Okay. Uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, check the tiger by the 270. Let's take a call from 270. 270, you're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? Area code 270. <laughs> Hello, 270, area code 270. Hello, hold on. Hello. I guess my, I guess Janie, I guess my headset wasn't working. Uh, how are you doing? I figure that. Nothing works. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing, Janie? Good to, good to hear from you. Good to see you. Yeah. Hey. Uh, what are your so, well, I have to clarify my comments on here because, you know, I said that sometimes martial arts get a little pussyfied, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, I mean that some some martial arts has gotten to the point where they don't teach. Um, they're not teaching the bunk guy or they're teaching self-defense for that matter. Now it's more or less going into the sports karate type aspect of it, um, you know, and then there's really no respect for black belts. <clears throat> that I'm seeing yeah. much anymore. Uh, everybody wants to talk to you like you're buddy buddies, and and that's fine. I'm buddies with all of my students, but I'm their I'm their instructor first. You exactly. Know? 
So when I'm telling them, when I'm showing them a self-defense move, I'm more technical about it than our master. Our master just shows you something and then tells you to do it. Well, okay. When you're when you're doing something with the hands and they don't know the technique, then you have to be technical. You have to stop and break it down for them. Exactly. You know, and that's how you teach them how to how it how it works. Um, but since we're you you know we're just kind of getting away from all that, and I don't understand that uh, everything's gotten sports related um, to where I think the sports aspects has something to do with self defense. It helps you move faster, like. Like the Taekwondo, you know, it's not my only art. Um, I think I'm I'm balanced out with, you know, with my Taekwondo being quick on my feet to where we're 70% kicks, 30% hands. But then with my other arts, I'm more with my hands. So right. I think in sport karate or whatever tournament you've got with the the sparring, I think that's mm-hmm. good. The problem is, is that when you get into side your dojo, your dojang, whatever your training area is, they're not allowed mm-hmm. to grab and stuff like that anymore. And I'm not going to sit there and let anybody hit me. The whole point of self defense is not being hit. Yeah, so, you think? <laughs> right, exactly, right. So, you know, so when I'm grabbing these kids as kicks, and I've got green belts telling me, you can't do that. Well, why the hell can't I do that? Well, you're not right. supposed to. It's forbidden. How is that forbidden? I'm a black belt. I'm not twisting your knee. I'm not breaking your foot. I'm not, you know, slinging your foot over your head, you know, and beating <laughs> you with it. Right. I set you down nicely, you know. So where where, where in the evolution of martial arts, martial being our key word here, uh, because mm-hmm. it was military, did we stop teaching self-defense and we made it a game of tag? Yeah. And and then yeah. the respect so, line, and the respect that, line just went to shit. It did, and in that case, a, a devolvement, I think. <laughs> Absolutely right. Absolutely. It's regression. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's you know it's it's funny and and you know how. So, Know that saying that how uh, how sometimes things have to get worse before they get better, you know. It, does this right. mean there's another renaissance coming? Um, Guppy um, wrote in and he writes too many quote unquote partial arts. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> too many partial art schools that are businesses that only use martial arts to make money. Too worried about their income, not the student's outcome. That's a very true. Very true. John Lupo just wrote in and he writes, All I really want from any martial arts instruction is to better my chances of surviving it surviving an engagement if I can't avoid one. So yeah, there you go. And you know, as as you said, Janie, there the, there's been a change in um in a sort of a lack of respect for yeah. for teachers. And uh, a lack of respect uh, of authority in general, especially with the uh, mm-hmm. young generation. And uh, you oh, know, I, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know where that's coming from. I think it, you know, I, I see this trend not only in martial arts, but in kids because I, I work with kids mm-hmm. um, at, at a school, and 
you know, just within the last, well, I don't know, maybe eight years, because I've been at this school for like close to 17 years, last eight years or so, I've been noticing, you know, just a, a slow, gradual uh, trend of of kids um, rudely questioning mm-hmm. the instructor mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or thinking that they have the right to refuse to follow instructions. They, you know, kids actually think that they have the right to not follow instructions. Oh, hey, don't run out in the streets. I don't got to do what you what you told me to do. No, run out in the street. I mean, not right. not quite right. like that, but that's kind of what you know. That's an example of kind of thinking. And Absolutely. I'm thinking, oh my Absolutely. gosh, where is this coming from? But you know, in in the sense of martial arts, you know, I've noticed also within the last you know eight to ten something years that MMA, you know, has turned into a you know, rather than somebody competing against another person, it's been, you know, turned into like wolves, you know, where where when they go to weigh in or something, you know, there's, you know, people think, is there going to be a fight? Ooh, he just pushed him and this and that and the other. And it's kind of like, yeah, you know, so you see that kind of attitude and you have kids that are looking up to these people that they see on TV and they think, oh, well, then that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. yeah, so Russ, uh, Russ writes again, and he writes, who else thinks this trend comes from being taught they are special snowflakes, participation trophies, everyone's a winner? That's a good question. Mm. What are your thoughts on this, Bob? Let's, let's, let's do a round robin here. <laughs> you know, uh, a, lot of it, a lot of it is stemming from the schools. I remember when my kids were really young and, I would tell them something, and they looked at me and says, "You're violating my rights." And I was like, "Are you kidding me? They're they're learning this stuff in school that they have rights in my house. My kids had no rights when they were growing up. They had rights that I gave them. I'm sorry that sounds so harsh, but it's the truth. And they learned so, that wait, in school. So the school teaching kids that the kids have. <laughs> Right? Like what? Rights not to follow rules in their household? What? Basically, yes. Yes. Boggling my mind. Boggling my mind. What the, that yeah, was what the hell? And I was like, I was what like, you have got to be that? kidding me. It, 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 it lost the, the, the respect. I mean, when 9-11 happened, my son was told by his teacher that a tornado hit the city of New York. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was I was blown away by some of the stuff that the kids were were getting taught. Wow! But it's stemming from the school. Yeah, wow. I don't understand because when I was when I was a bus driver for the schools, uh, I was hearing some of the same things, and I'm like, you know, my kids, my kids. Um, I have two step boys, and then my daughter raising my daughter. I always gave her her voice because I wanted her to know that I'm listening to her and that I care about her, her feelings and what she has to say. But there was always a line. There was still that respect. I'm still mom. You're still a child. You know, I've been around a little bit, so I think I know what I'm talking about. You know, you don't go stick your finger in the light socket. You don't have the right. Well, if you think you have a right to go stick your finger in the light socket, we'll see what happens. 
you know, if you want to learn the hard way, you know, but I don't, I don't get these kids. I'm, my my uh, youngest stepson at 14 wanted to be emancipated from us because he didn't like us telling him what to do. Oh, well, my okay, God. Well, go, out, go see how far you're going to get with that. Can you get a job? You know, can you get an apartment on your own? Or, you know, are you going to be able to survive? You know, I don't, and it's, this is stuff that the schools were feeding in their heads. Well, you know, that, and that, I went. Oh, that, that really I, emancipated, emancipated. Because if they didn't I had like, said that to my father, I'd still be, I'd still be putting my meat in a blender and sucking it through a straw. Right? <laughs> Amen. Right? Well, that meant for my mother because I didn't have my dad. But <laughs> oh, uh, let's go. Let's go ahead and take another call. Um, for being patient, holding for fourteen minutes. So area code four one seven four one seven. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? Hey, Rusty. It's Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, What's Tony. Going on? Not much. How is everybody? Doing well. Good. Good to hear. Been listening Great. to the show, been loving it per usual. You have the greatest topics. And so I Yay. have to come in on this one. Great. Awesome. Um, Let's hear your thoughts on this. Well, I want to start off with a little bit of the Bruce Lee thing. During Bruce Lee's day, we could understand that we want to fantasize about Bruce Lee walking up to if man chest stuck out walking with that walk of, I am awesome. And he gets right up to him and then turns around and walks off because if man would have knocked him out had he have disrespected him. <laughs> I believe that Bruce Lee did exactly what a lot of people started to do recently, which is he separated himself from what he was taught in Wing Chun to make his Wing Chun work for him. And yeah. in doing so, created his own martial art, which is correct and fine. And I never heard of him disrespecting that man, not once. And that is the difference between today and back then. Because today, yeah. when we see our students walking up with that swagger, their legs are a little bit further apart, their chest is stuck out, their arms are bent like they actually have last, and they don't even know what those are. <laughs> we are looking at that as I'm going to hit him so hard his parents are going to go, why does my face hurt? <laughs> because we exactly. know for a fact what's coming. It's going to be that question. Will this really work in the street? I've heard that oh, so many times. Oh, and I've got to be the oh, most unmasterful in the master yeah. in the world. Yes, yeah, I have to be the most oh, unmasterful God. master in the world because I will sit there and I'll let them get this out of their mouth, and then I'll go, well, here's what we're going to do. I will show you. I will show you exactly how this works. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> I heard a sound. I was wondering if you were still there for a second. And so, of course, I show yeah, it to them. And after a couple of classes go by, then they finally show back up again. After the bruises heal. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Sometimes yeah. I've, ha- I've had students that you do that for them. Notice I didn't say to them, I said for them. I meant this lovingly, even though the lesson was a little difficult for them to swallow, and so was anything else for a while. Right. When you do this for them, you explain that one time ever in the physical sense. They have this tendency to go sit back down 
unless, of course, you're making them do push-ups on their knuckles like you should be because they question mm-hmm. you. And uh, right. you have the tendency to all of a sudden you have their respect once again. And it's just exactly, Bob, like with your kids. I assure you, if your kid got in your face and said, you can't do that to me, school said so. Yeah, sure, after a whole week of not being able to sit properly, they'll go back to the school and say, you know, I'm not taking your little uh, <laughs> ideals back home with me because, wow, um, my rights have been violated. Ain't nothing you can do about it. You get to go home and talk to your kids about how great life is while I can't sit down. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's right. that lack of respect that we see in the martial arts today. Now, in my own personal uh, experience, I'll actually attribute that to our point sparring. Mm-hmm. When we point spar and we line up, and what we do is we line up wrist to wrist. Like if you look on my Facebook page, you'll see Derek and I lined up wrist to wrist. Point sparring right. stances. That's that's exactly how we start all point sparring, right? But we have a problem right. with point sparring. It goes to your head. Because mm-hmm. you win. Right. Exactly. You know, one hit yeah. and you're done. Two hits and you're done. You know, yeah. anything like that. And you're done. And so they're so used to pulling their punches. They're so used to only trying to get that one hit in that all of a sudden they think that they've become a Billy Badass because they can hit you one time. And then you go, okay, now we're going to time sparring. And everybody's looking at me like, but I like my feet. (laughs) And you're going, no, no, no. It's it's just one little two-minute round. It'll be just like this. And then I take them to YouTube and I let them watch watch one of my videos where Jerry Zam and Chris Seward are point sparring, and then they go, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's a lot of hits. That's, that's a lot of motion. That's a lot of – I like the point sparring so much better. No, this is what we're going to do. Remember that argument that we had earlier? Yeah. But yeah, that to me is where I saw personally – the lack of respect between student and student, and sometimes between student and, say, assistant instructor. Oh, I had an assistant instructor that every once in a while he'd drop his guard and let himself get hit. And I told Mm -hmm. him, I said, Jordan, you keep doing that, and they're going to disrespect you. He goes, why would they disrespect me? I'm letting them get in the point. I said, that's the point. They think you're, you're not letting them get in the point. Did you see what happened when you got in that point? He didn't walk away. He strutted. He thought he was George Jefferson. (laughs) <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, we're moving and on. so sure enough, that's right. And so sure enough, the next week Jordan lines up with this exact same student, and he does the cheapest move you can ever see. I mean, we're lined up wrist to wrist. All you have to do is drop your elbow to where your hand is oh. going to clear their arm, and then you turn your knuckles toward their face as you hook that punch. And you're going to hit them every blessed time. Just bam. It's so fast. And it's just like instantaneous. And Jordan did that to every single person that walked up. And everybody was like, oh, man, we can't beat him. We couldn't beat him with a stick. Here's the here's the thing though because you know when I when I was growing up that was kind of the thing right you know when I was a new right. black belt. Um, uh-huh. I made sure nobody beat me, but on the but I forget that my own sensei would kind of slow down a little bit so that way I could see the opening. So he pretty much did the same thing, right. but he never dropped his guard, right? Um, <laughs> right. There's a right way to do it, and dropping your hands probably isn't it because it's true. 
Now you got that, you know, blue belt, green belt, orange belt, or whatever, thinking they're Billy Badass because, ooh, I got one in. I don't know how many times I've had Taekwondo people come to my school. Nothing against Taekwondo. It was just, you know, the practitioners. I've had guys come, come to my school, and I ask, so why are you here? And they said, well, you know, I did eight years of Taekwondo, and that, that's a joke because every time my business partner and I, Cheryl and I, would, you know, talk to, uh, talk to a uh, Taekwondo person, it's always eight years. Is that a prerequisite, eight years before you decide you can? <laughs> I don't know. But, well, I've done Taekwondo for eight years, and I decided, you know, I wanted something different because I kept beating the teachers. And oh. every time I went, you, 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 what? Say that again? You kept beating the teachers. So what, what are you talking about? Well, you know, point sparring. Yeah, point sparring. I kept, I kept yep. defeating the teachers. And you defeated them yep. every time? No, not every time, but you know, I figure if I can get points on the teacher, then I need something different. And I was like, uh-huh. baseball. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> You know, well, uh, I'm getting the opposite. Day, I'm sorry, go ahead. What's that? I'm What's getting that the opposite. I can't get him to hit me because I don't use gear. <laughs> you know, why do I need, I'm a black belt. I don't need gear. Like, oh, we don't yeah, want well, to hurt, hurt her. Hit me. Is that what they're exactly. doing? Exactly. That's what I keep hearing. Oh, I actually geez. had to taunt, I had to taunt one of my ladies, or one of my teenagers, to get me to hit me, and I had a pop her upside the head before she actually got mad enough to to lay one in on me. Of course she missed, and I'll, but still, she, at least she threw a shot for once. Well, you know, it's funny because you know, even even if we're talking about you know, you know, stuff like this where uh, you know there's disrespect in some cases, a, a development of you know, martial thinking or whatever. You know, in a way, it's still it still evolves in a way, you know, because, you know, now we've got the people that are questioning things um, in the right way and seeking martial arts that fit them as opposed to, you know, something that, um, you know, they were born in or something that their uh, parents uh, uh, made them do, you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. in a way, you know, it, I guess it, can be an involvement. Anyway, Terry Terry Lopez writes in, if you don't beat your teacher, they beat you. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, <clears throat> let's look at, um, you know, since we're talking about the involvement, you know, no matter what, the, the, the subject of, you know, the traditional martial arts work in the street, in comparison to like MMA or BJ or whatever, no matter no matter what the kind of um, this that that kind of subject is is gonna rear its ugly head. Uh, now, let's let's go to to you guys that are actually. I was gonna ask you guys a question. A question. You know, let's go to you guys. What do you guys people when they ask which is better, you know, traditional or MMA? But I want to take another line here. They've been waiting waiting so patiently for eighteen minutes. Area code two one four two one four. You're two one four. You're on Dynamic Dojo TV. Who's this? Goldie Mac. Hey, Goldie. Hey, Goldie. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? Good. I've been listening to you guys. 
And I wanted to uh, touch bases on, on a couple of things, and, and I'll get back to where you were. And that is uh, um, in the respect of my son came home one day um, and told me that his teacher told him that I could no longer spank him because if I spank him, he can call CPS on me and uh, I'll go to jail. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, for those of you who know me, you know that I'm a retired police officer. So that was the wrong thing to tell me. Yeah. So what I so what I did was I grabbed his little butt by the collar, snatched him up, drug him outside and threw him into my truck and drove him to the courthouse and threw him in front of the judge that I knew real well. And I said, Now you tell that judge what you just told me <laughs> And the and and he did tell the judge and then the judge looked at him and said, oh, Let me ask you a question. Were any bones broken? He goes, No, sir. Um, did was there any major swelling? Uh, no, sir. Um, did you do what you did to get punished? Well, yes, sir. He said, "Well, then shut up and get out of my court because I would rather him to beat your butt at home than for you to end up coming into my court because you think you're entitled, and then I have to sentence you to mount a year." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what what and we you have are learned, not my hero, and, sir. And, and and see, and what happens is is most parents are terrified of disciplining their children because of that threat. Mm-hmm. And what they don't understand is that is is that CPS cannot tell you how to raise your child. And if you're afraid to discipline your child, that child feels entitled, and then that yeah. child will take that same stupidity out into the real world, and that's how they end up getting killed. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yep, exactly. And, 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 and then the thing is, is that, you know, people say, well, you know, it's, it's the school's fault. Well, I have to kind of dig in that, too. Because when you think about it, from the time a child is born until the child turns six years old and goes to kindergarten for the first time, that parent has that child for 312 weeks of their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you mean to tell me that you haven't taught that child discipline? You haven't taught that child how to count to 10? You haven't account, taught that child how to do their ABCs? Anything else? And then you expect the school to do what you failed to do for 312 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to blame it on the teacher. When they yeah. got... 52 students that they've got to contend with from different cultures, different ethnic backgrounds, and different different temperaments. And you only got one, two, or three children. And you gave birth to them, so you know them. Exactly. Exactly. Kids that can't even tie their shoes. They don't know how to tie their shoes. Well, here we go with that. All right. What what we've done is we've given these children all of this nonsense. For example, I've asked many of give me the definition of the word can't. And I get the same definition that you're probably thinking in your head right now. The inability to, unable to, and blah, 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 blah. Well, right, I'm here right. to tell you that is incorrect. That is a lie, has always been a lie, and never has been the truth. 
Because if you will find a dictionary published before 1971, it will give you the original definition. It will tell you, see, cannot, because as you know, can't is a conjunction of those two words, can and not. And then it will say, to be bound to, colon, must. That is the original definition. So when a person tells me they can't do something or they must, because when you look at the word can and not, can means mm-hmm. must. By, uh, not mm-hmm. means bound to. Because mm-hmm. when you tie a knot, you bound something to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is the original definition. So here's this kid that goes, you know, mom says, tie your shoe. I can't. Tie your shoe. I can't. Tie your shoe. I can't. So what does mom do? Tie it for him. Child has been taught that as long as he says that phrase, someone will do for him what he should be doing for himself. Then he goes to school. The teacher says, do do that lesson. I can't. Do that lesson. You can do it. You're smart. I can't. So the teacher does what? Either does it for him or gets him a tutor. Mm -hmm. And we find the same thing in the martial arts. Sifu, I can't do this technique. Okay? So you pop him one, and he looks at you like you're stupid. And you keep popping it, and pretty soon his hand goes up, and you say, I thought you said you couldn't do it. Why you <laughs> I've stop done me? that. I've done that. <laughs> you do that. But we allow them to get away with that phrase, I can't, and we make them feel that they're entitled to us doing it for them. Yeah, Because exactly. And like someone said before, that uh, uh, the martial arts to me is broken down into two categories. There are schools out there, and too many of them, that teach tournaments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there mm-hmm. are very few schools that teach self-defense. And that's mm-hmm. what I teach. I teach Amen, you how brother. to stay alive. That's my job, is to keep you from getting hurt. Not to win mm-hmm. a doggone trophy. That after six or seven years of competing in tournaments, you got all these trophies. And where are they? In storage where a rat is chewing on them and pooping on them. <laughs> it's a piece of plastic. It gets sold when you're, when you're and, and see, and what's even worse is nobody, nobody, I've, I've won over uh, uh, 450 trophies during my tournament year. But nobody cares about what I won in 1969, nobody cares about the trophies I won in 1970 or 1975 or 1980. The only thing they're concerned themselves is, what am I doing today? But yeah. we got too many yeah. instructors and too many students that live off their laurels, but they're not doing mm-hmm. anything. They're like old men sitting around the campfire farting and talking about the heyday. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I love you, Goldie. He's so wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love how he puts it. And it's true. <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you I ask have, yourself why. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say something. Um, uh, listener Tom Dwyer wrote in, in our comments. He writes, However, some judges, oh, whoops, talking about um, your story about the the judge. 
um, some other people were saying, I uh, I like this. Uh, I like this judge. And some was, I got a wooden spoon to the ass when I misbehave. But anyway, Tom Dwyer said judges in some districts will actually, actually take your kids for a tap the butt. I raised my daughter in this caller's way. That's you, Goldie. I have not needed to do anything other than raise my voice and explain her bad behavior. She's an A student, um, and teachers always say she's a model student. So there you go. You know, I survived a butt butt spot, and I turned out okay. That's you know. I I understand what he's saying. I understand what he said, but you got to remember too. You know, I, I I was a single parent raising six kids, four boys and two girls. Okay, mm-hmm. and I had I've got one daughter. They're all grown and gone now, thank God. But uh, I've got one uh, one child that if I just looked at them cross-eyed or disappointed, they'll break down in tears and correct their behavior. I've got right. uh, another child that if they uh, done something wrong, I can sit down to them with them and talk to them and rationalize it out with them, and they'll get the message and they'll do exactly what they're supposed to do. But then I got this nice. one child that you can hit him over the head with a ball peen hammer and he still would not do what is right. <laughs> but you have to you have to understand your child and that child that I had a problem with that I had to hit over the head with a ball peen hammer to get him to uh, behave. I knew mm-hmm. one thing about him. He is so much like me. It, it's a crime shame. I could not deny that that's my child if, even if I wanted to. And <laughs> I knew one thing about him. He is so anal retentive about his clothes. His, mm. his clothes must be heavily starched, just like me. His his doggone boots and shoes must be spit polished, just like me. Mm-hmm. And he has this favorite. So one time I asked him something and he didn't do it. Okay, fine. All right. Now if I have to ask you again, you want to pay a cost. So. <laughs> okay then, let's do this another way. So I had him bring me his favorite shirt. I said, "Man, that is really nice." He said, "Yeah, I love this shirt. The girls go crazy on my shirt." I said, "This is such a cool shirt." Say what? Let's take this shirt and, and let's go for a ride. So we went for a ride, and you know where we went? We went right to a homeless shelter. I found a kid that was about my son's size, and I told mm-hmm. my son, "You take this shirt." And you give it to this kid, and I want you to say these words. Since I do not know how to behave, and since I don't know how to respect my elder, I think you deserve this shirt more than I do. And you give it to him, shake his hand, and you better be smiling the whole time, and then you walk back over here, and we're going to go home. Wow. And that shirt will not be replaced. Whoa. I only had to do that two times for something that he loved. And I never had a problem with him again. Two times he did. Two times. I'm sorry. Most most kids after you give away something that they prize would be like, oh, I don't want this crap happening again. Well, I better. I better. I, uh-huh. the, second time, it, it, right. the second time it was a pair of pants. I said, now we can keep going. The next time it's going to be your Walkman. The next time it's going to be your TV. The next time it's going. And he got the message. Oh, and good. anything that he gave away was not going to be replaced. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, somebody awesome. better take Bob with a stick because we haven't heard from him. Yeah. Do what? Bob, where are you from? Bob. 
Sometimes oh. mute is right. So why did you say you, you, you broke up when you said that? I said we need to poke Bob with a stick. We haven't heard from him. <laughs> I'm enjoying this conversation. I love when Goldie calls in because he's got that Texas top attitude. <laughs> I know, right? So John Lupo writes in, and he, he writes, am I the only person who seems to notice that people are having a harder and harder time doing the simplest things for themselves? I'm getting sick and tired of showing people how to do the same things over and over and over again. And I'm the guy instructing the people and how to do their jobs. So I have to do it. Sorry, John. (laughs) That sucks. Oh, man. Anyway, Tony has to leave. He says, sorry, all I have. Remember, all martial arts has its place, and I will say this until I die. God bless you, Tony. We'll see you later. Um, wow. Um, Tom Dwyer goes, wake up, Bob. No, he's just on mute. Just on mute. Um, so getting getting back to the subject, uh, because that, that same thing that we were talking about with kids, you know, happens also in the martial arts, but with adults. Um, is that an involvement? I will say yes, because of the way your martial arts have evolved. I mean, earlier I talked about how um, you know, some kids are looking up to their MMA heroes and, and how, you know, UFC and MMA has turned into almost, almost, and I might get, get flat for this, but um, it's, you know, the, the whole like, you know, lights and, and pyrotechnics and the and the mm. uh all the flash uh, what do you, all the flash and all the uh you know ooh this person's against this person the feuding and stuff like that it's beginning it's beginning to look like you know WWE wrestling I'm not I was saying that, it's, say that I I was I was getting ready to say that so help me you yeah. know uh, uh you know when when the MMA first came out it had a lot to do with the martial arts in my mind's eye, and I was heavily involved with it. I am no longer involved yeah, with it because great. of what I have seen happen. You know, it, and, and then, of course, when you have uh, uh, people like the Gracies come in and just wipe everybody out because they got the gr- uh, ground game and no one else had, and then all of a sudden right. people start learning the ground game to, you know, to play catch-up. But then what happened? Mm-hmm. Look at what we noticed as things evolved. All of a sudden... You have the comparison. You have WWE, and then you got MMA. And you, and in WWE, they cannot put two syllables together without sounding like an ancient caveman. And now you got the same thing happening with MMA. You got the WWE. Everybody's got tattoos over the yang yang. And I don't have anything against the tattoo. But what does that have to do with the martial arts when I see that? In MMA, the only people that have that many tattoos is the Yakuza or the tongue. Okay? And <laughs> when, when you combine all of that together where a person – I remember the days back when I was competing in the PKA. And, and those of you who are too young to know what that is, the, uh, uh, the Professional Karate Association of Fight. I remember that. And, and, <laughs> uh, and I remember we used to beat the crap out of everybody, uh, each other, during those matches, but after the match, we'll go out and have a beer or pizza, and we'll, we will talk about the fight. These guys right. nowadays, it looks like they're getting ready to shoot each other. 
<laughs> right? I mean, Seriously? look at what McGregor did. Look at what McGregor did. He brought him from Ireland to come over to start a big riot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, sure yeah. I mean, what what has happened to us in the, in the martial arts? You know, that's I, I, that, I, I don't. It is crazy, and I don't understand. And I, 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 I'm almost sorry to say that, you know, that's kind of how, you know, it evolved. You know, um, well, and, and it's because when it first came out, I thought it was the neatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, what a concept! You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, what a concept! It's, it, you know, it was cool enough that you know there were people practicing mixed uh, eclectic blends like Jeet Kune Do. Um, and other and other blends, and now you have people, you know, signing up, test it against each other. How cool is that? And then it started, and you know, and then the UFC, you know, you know, becomes a multi-million-dollar empire, and <clears throat> and now this, and it becomes got, about the money. It's right. all about and, the money. Yeah. And, and, and see, what makes it what makes it even worse is remember when we were doing the PKA, we fought in the boxing ring, but now mm-hmm. they're going to put. But just to mimic themselves like the uh, um, WWE with the cage matches, then MMA did the same thing. And, and it reminded yeah. me so much of, you know, cock fights and pit bull fights. Right. Right. You know, and like why not? I always wondered about that. Why, why does it need to be a cage? <laughs> it's not like climb on top of it like in the WWE and do some flying suplex or something like that, you know? So I don't know why there needs to be a cage because everything that I've seen people do can be done in a boxing ring. I've always wondered. But you got to look at, but you got to look at the attitude of people. People now it's, it's about the violence and the blood sport of it all. Okay. Mm. And that's why you got so many of these underground fight clubs going on where people are paying hundreds of dollars, you know, to see each, two people beat the crap out of each other. And, mm-hmm. and they even go so far as making movies of this nonsense. And I, and I mm-hmm. had a, a, a kid come up to me and say to me, you know, MMA is, is, the, is the, the greatest fighting art there is out there. You know, it's untouchable. And I, and I kind of lost it a little bit. Now, I'm 68 years old. So I looked at him and I said, you know, the, here is the problem with your theory, is that even in MMA, they have rules. Right, right. You can't, you can't poke out anybody's eyes. You can't kick them in the, in the groin. You can't shatter somebody's, blow out somebody's ACL or his knees on purpose, and you can't mm-hmm. break their neck. Now, if you come to me in a street fight, I did two tours in Vietnam, so I am a guerrilla fighter. And I'm not going to let your young punk butt hurt me. I'm going to take you out as fast as I can. If I can pick up a brick, I'm going to smash your head in. If I find a stick, I'm going to club you to death. But I am not going to let you hurt me because I teach self-defense, not mm-hmm. tap and go. And that's one of the things that Mr. Parker used to uh, uh, uh Drilling us all the doggone time because he's a Hawaiian boy, and, and, and that's how they used to go out and test if a technique worked or not, is go out on the dock and get in a fight with Navy uh, people. Hmm. And, and if the technique, if they got their butt whooped, they go, that technique didn't work. 
Right. But if, the te- but if they won, they go, that technique did work. It's, mm-hmm. it's a difference between fighting, you know, people go and say, well, you know, uh, the martial arts this and the martial arts that. I said, you know what? There is a difference from martial arts schools that are taught in the suburbs and martial mm-hmm. arts schools that are taught in the ghetto. There is a difference mm-hmm. because there's a different a mentality. Well, if, mm-hmm. you, if you've noticed, the MMA has kind of pretty much gone back to the Roman days with the big gladiators and stuff. It's really not yeah. different. So, I mean, the only thing is that we have, they have a few rules. But, yeah, you know, they used to stop it as soon as they saw blood. Now they don't stop it until you're covered and you can't see anymore. So, right. you know, exactly. so there's rules, but there's no rules. And, and, and look, how people, kind of and look how people yell and scream about that just like they did in the Roman days. And remember what, right. what, uh, what what Caesar was told? The reason he had powers was because of the mob. Look at what's happened with our country. You know, our country is ruled now by mob mentality. Mm-hmm. There is point. no civility anymore. Point. You know, so, when, when a person can when a person can say that I'm the president and I can walk out on on the New York City and shoot somebody and nobody can touch me, we got a problem. Right, <laughs> and it's slowly getting there. Yeah. So hey, Bob, let's go ahead and make uh, take this uh, call. This last, last caller, call you betcha. Last call of the night. So thanks for being patient. Area code six eight two six eight two. Thank you for your patience. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Who's this? Hey, Rusty. This is George. What's up? Hey, George. How's it going? Long time no see. Yeah. How you doing? Okay. Uh, been a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you? Yeah. Hope you've been doing well. What are your thoughts on the subject tonight? Well, well. First of all, the uh, the the guy who said about his son uh, said that if you spank me, I'm going to take you to court or whatever. Yeah. What he should have done is gone back to the kid's uh, martial arts instructor and spank him. You didn't. Well, I don't. It was, it was, his, it was his school teacher. Oh, the school teacher said that. Well, then yep. go back to the school teacher and do, and don't spank him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I had one uh, something better to do with that, but I'm not going to say it over the radio. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I, I go back to uh, to what Bruce Lee did with his with his Jeet Kune Do. Because he looked at uh, martial arts in general and looked at all the different martial arts from all the different countries and so forth. And he looked at each individual art and he sort of uh, cherry-picked different parts of the martial art that he liked that he thought was a very good, very very appropriate uh, type of technique. And he instilled it into his own martial art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so each martial art has its you know pluses and minuses for depending upon what the situation is. All right. right. 
because you know traditional Taekwondo is very linear. You go upper block, lower block, outside block, and all kind of stuff. And in an actual ground fight, that's next to useless. You know, if you try to block it like it like it is in in the forms and and all the kind of stuff. And what what kills me is that a lot of these. Uh, I remember going to a martial arts competition in Germany, and I was talking to a couple of black belts, and they were and they were from the same school, and they're trying to talk talk out one of their forms. Mm-hmm. And they didn't understand, you know, a, a sex of the form where it was like a, a two a two handed uh, upper block and then a two handed lower block, and they couldn't mm-hmm. understand exactly what that block was used for. Okay. And I walked up and I said, "Well, yeah, that's a block." But what am I blocking? And I said, "Well, if I come down with a with a, like a hammer type of strike to your head." You do the upper block, you block that. If I come in with a kick towards the groin, you do a lower block, you block that. And he's like, wow, that makes sense. I'm like, and you guys are black belts? <laughs> you know, and it astounds me that the people even all the way up to black belt, that, yeah, they know the forms, but they don't know exactly what the techniques are actually used for. Well, that's... Um... That's a school in Tennessee that we know um, they do nothing but but sport karate, and they're 14 and 15 years old, and they're second-degree black belts, but they couldn't do a block or, or a self-defense move or an escape technique to save their life. Um, I asked <laughs> one of them one time to to help me out because I was training the master's daughter who was getting ready for her black belt test, and I asked her to just grab – uh, Jamie, however, and she says, well, what's she going to do to me? And I said, she's going to defend herself. And she says, well, I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know how to do that? You're a second-degree black belt. Why do you not know how to do this? And it's because yep. they do nothing but tournaments. I mean, they're with the um, WKU, and their whole world is nothing but tournament fighting. And I'm like, you know, I said, if I were you, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I mean, I could be all wet, but I would be embarrassed to wear that second-degree black belt. Oh, hell because, yeah. Because you're not doing everything. You can do kata, great. You know, what the freaking do? There's a lot of people who can do – I can train a monkey out here to do a kata. And I can train anybody to – I'd pay money to and see I like, that, actually. I, I, like the, I like the way she said that. Has, has, has anybody ever seen on one guy that has trained his chimpanzee to do uh, uh, kicks, yeah. break boards, yeah, and the like? Now, if we can, if, if, if we can teach a, 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 a chimpanzee to do things, then why is it so hard to get human beings to do the same thing? That chimpanzee doesn't understand why he does what he does. All he knows is he's going to get a banana if he does it. Well, we <laughs> that's the, the problem. We're allowing them kids. to think too much. Yeah. We, we offer the students a banana. Yeah, you're offering <laughs> a banana is the belt. You know? I'll take you out for ice cream if you do this for him. Yeah, here's your yeah. orange, yeah. you know, and, and and it's all about, again, it's all about money. It's not about these kids really understanding the who, what, when, where, and why of what they're doing. And what makes it even, what scares me even more 
is that most of the instructors fail to understand that as an instructor, you are liable for what that child does outside of your school. Exactly. And and the fact of the matter is you have to make sure that you are training that child on how to defend themselves on three different levels. You you first must make sure that they they know how to defend themselves against someone else's illegal use of force against them. And then Mm -hmm. secondly, you have to make sure that they know how to defend themselves against the possibility of criminal prosecution. Because you'd be surprised how many people in the 20 years that I was a cop that I took to jail yelling and screaming in the back of my squad car saying I was just defending myself. And then Mm -hmm. thirdly, they have to learn how to defend themselves against the possibility of civil liability, lawsuits. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I... And what I like, I, I, and the example I always give people, regardless of what, how you fall on either side of this debate, I don't care. But here's the fact. In the O.J. Simpson trial, he was found not guilty in a criminal court, but he was found guilty in civil court and lost everything. Right. And you, so, you know, you can be uh, fancy and all, uh, doing all these fancy techniques in tournaments, and then you go, get out there and do that same stuff in the street. Because the way Mr. Parker used to tell us is that we have to look at things three different ways. See it as a defender and how the witnesses see it who are going to testify against my behind. Exactly. Exactly. Because as a police officer, when I drove up on a scene, the first thing me and my partner did, we separated everybody and we said, okay, what happened? You take one group and I take another group and they each are going to lie to keep from going to jail. (laughs) That's right. Okay. We know this. (laughs) We know this. So they tell their side. They tell He tells his side to my partner. And then we get together and say, okay, what did he say? Uh, well, that, those stories don't match. So then we go and, and get the witnesses. What did you see? And they're going to tell us what they saw or what they perceived. And the ones that agree with the other guy, the other guy goes to jail. And he's still screaming, I was just defending myself. But that's not the yeah. way the crowd saw it. Exactly. And, and, and- Insecurity, we can't touch anybody anyway. Now, uh, I can't chase them. I can't do nothing. I can follow them out and stuff like that and get all the information I need to get, you know, for for legal. But um, we had a woman who was running from a store. She was sitting in a store. She got caught shoplifting. Um, uh, At the time, my supervisor uh, was standing guard. She she said that she would take, uh, take over for me. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to stay close by, though. Well, it's a good thing I did because the lady leaned over, looked like she was ready to run. She bolted. And I was in a corner where I could just snatch her up in, in a heartbeat, but she just kept saying, hands off, hands off. And I was like, man. But I could have grabbed her and spun her around to make it look like she fell on me, that I didn't <laughs> grab her. But... And the cameras were right there on us, and I could have done that. Right. And I told her, you know, but said I was running alongside her going, man, you're just making it worse for yourself. She goes, I don't care. I can't be caught. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and I'm like, like that. I mean, there's so much legal crap. And now I'm the boss, and, you know, it's like, man, all these things that I wish that we could do because we have so much crap that goes on. I mean, you know how – It seemed like crime rate and stuff and people being stupid, you know, um, fights and stuff went to a slow roar, and now it's starting to bubble again, and it's starting to come in. And 
I wish, and um, I've got, I've got my uh, uh, my contract uh, uh, guide uh, allowing me to get together a seminar for the retailers and stuff there in the mall. So because you know we've got everything's just been so lackadaisy that now we're allowing transits to come in. I don't know if they're mentally stable or not. They should. They could be good for the the next couple of days that, you know, I've allowed them to come in and clean up or sit down for a few minutes. But I've got I've got 18 and 19 year olds who are ladies who have to turn their back to open up their gates and stuff. So I've got this seminar uh, supposed to be coming up real soon for them to teach them how to do, you know, to help themselves. But mm-hmm. it's just uh, got to the point where if we can't teach martial arts the way we're supposed to teach martial arts, and the way the times are changing, and everybody has a say so in how we, in how we teach martial arts. How are we ever going to get through to these kids' heads? How are we ever going to get them to defend themselves? It's not going to be a, a one and done type of thing, you know. It's not right. a tiptoe match. So, yeah. where in the evolution do we start bringing back some of the traditional ways? I mean, well, I'm not saying that. Modern ways don't have their place. I think they do. I think that we could tie them in together, but let's not. Oh yeah. But let's not just go one extreme to another. Let's meet in the middle. Exactly. Because I've, I've been meeting. Exactly. Exactly. Because I've been meeting too meeting too many teenagers that think that just because they start MMA, that all of a sudden they can defend themselves. I mean, you know, I look at it this way. You know, learning stuff in MMA, the learning learning curve and the learning process is the same as any other traditional martial art. You have to go through these learning phases. But, you know, I met kids that come into school, they've been doing MMA for three months, and they think they're a badass because they're doing it. And it's kind of like, what, you know, I mean, you know how to... You know how to you know, get on the and roll if you have to. You know how to throw a jab hook cross. You know how to do this. You know how to, how to do that. But, you know, in that three months, you know, have you sparred? Right. Have you tested it out a little bit? You know, it's, 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 I think it's just the, the, the way that things evolve. I think that, you know, it, it's just the common, um, What's what I'm looking for? It's the common belief now that if you learn MMA, you're at the top of the game. You're at the top of the heap, and all the traditional martial arts are down at the bottom somewhere because they right. won't change, used to mix anything, which means I haven't really researched other martial arts. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Um, well, you, you but, know, well, BJJ has been a big thing too, but I think you have to find a comfortable a comfortable medium between ground game and stand-up game. Yeah, there has to be. Well, you know, you have people that would say, well, that would be MMA. Right. <laughs> you know, but well, I think people, uh, I'll, people's brains I'll are stuck what, on the what, screen. I'll tell you what Mr. Parker used to tell us, you know, it, it said, uh, Mr. Parker used to always say, it's only a fool uh, uh, fights from the ground. And the reason he, he, mm. he said that is because and this is society. We're talking about real self-defense, real street fighting, just wrestling or where a judge is going to say, okay, you can tap out or whatever. In a real street fight, if 
and, and, and too many of my fellow officer friends that I know have been killed wrestling with a, 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 a suspect on the street, and then the other guys get out of the car, come up to him, pull his gun out of his holster, and shoot him dead. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and it's the same thing if you go uh, – uh, nobody fights mono on mono anymore. Now, in today's society, you're getting jumped on by three, four, five, and six people at the same time. Right. And if you go to, uh-huh. if you go to the ground with somebody trying to make him submit, his friends are kicking you in the head. And they may be having steel toe boots, cowboy boots, or whatever have you. So Mr. Person says, yeah. everybody's going to get knocked down on the ground. But your job is to fight back to your feet. That's right. Exactly. Not to try to make somebody submit. Yeah. Ain't no tap there. <laughs> No. Nope. Well, hey, you know what, you guys? No, because when you're on the ground, there's no mobility. Exactly. Right. Well, the, only, the, only yeah. tap, the only tap is when you're on the ground is when they plant taps over your grave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. Well, um, I looked at the clock, and we're 20 minutes out outside of our broadcast time, and I'm surprised Blog Talk Radio has not cut us uh, cut loose. Um, but I just looked out on the Blog Talk Radio studio and it's going blank. <laughs> it's like, uh oh. So, so anyhow, you know, I'd like to try to revisit this subject again because I think we just touched the tip of the iceberg of the evolution of martial arts and then we got, you know, over into how to raise our kids. But I think I think um I think it would be really great to revisit this subject again. Um because I think so too. You know, there's there's so many aspects. I mean, we did touch on, you know, how, you know, the lack of respect and stuff like that, you know, and stuff. And it, but it's not like that with everyone. It's just that, you know, now there's a different mindset. Question things and good when you're studying martial arts and how to fight. Um, but if it goes too far, like if everyone tries to be like Conor McGregor and starts, you know, throwing the and and competitors start throwing the f bombs during the you know, uh, press conferences and weigh-ins and stuff like that. It's kind of like, oh, come on, just a little bit of respect. Come on, even though you're exactly. good, even though you know your job is to beat someone's head in, just needs a little yeah. bit of respect. But you know, with that's all show there, nowadays. Yeah, well, it, it is. It's like I said earlier, being in the WWE. So, <laughs> anyhow, let's uh, <laughs> we're gonna call my butt to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys and thank you so much for everyone that called and if you called in and we didn't get to the line sorry about that um, you know it's like we have enough callers uh, right now to where it just expanded my studio board and uh, and I just can see a lot of the callers in fact I almost missed your call George because my uh, my uh, my line my lines like expanded on my screen and you were like down at the bottom, and I had to actually scroll to find you. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, folks, stay tuned next Sunday. Keep an eye out on the Dynamic Photo Facebook page or on my page or on Bob's page to find out what we're going to be talking about this week. All right, everyone. We'll talk, to, talk you to you guys later. Have a good yeah, night, guys. Take care, guys. Thank you, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.